When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I would like to welcome to the club our most recent Patreon supporter, Angie N. Hey guys, I'm back again to share two new show recommendations for you. The first show is True Crime Historian. Each Sunday, true crime historian remembers the famous and forgotten scandals, scoundrels, and scourges of the past, told through vintage newspaper accounts from the golden age of yellow journalism. If you like the show, make sure you check out their premium channel on Himalaya, where you can find all episodes ad-free and 24 hours early. All you gotta do is download the Himalaya app, search true crime historian, and enter promo code historian for your first month absolutely free. Now, the next show that I'm recommending is called Out of the Shadows. Join grassroots investigator from Netflix docuseries The Keepers, Gemma Hoskins, and investigative journalist Shane Waters as they further explore Sister Kathy Sesnick's unsolved murder and the cover-up of sexual abuse by Catholic priests in Baltimore. If you like their show, make sure you also check out their premium channel on Himalaya+. Plus. They have bonus exclusive content and a members-only community featuring a coffee and crime book club where a carefully chosen mystery book is read every week via an exclusive episode. All you gotta do, again, is download the Himalaya app, search for Out of the Shadows, and enter promo code SHADOWS for your first month absolutely free. So, what are you waiting for? Go check out True Crime Historian and Out of the Shadows and tell them Lainey sent you. The Texas Podcast Union is back again for 2020. Our first stop will be in Houston at the Spring Street Beer and Wine Garden on February 22nd, starting at 6 p.m. You can head to the TCFC Facebook page and click on events to RSVP. Make sure you do that ASAP because space is limited. If you come, you'll get tons of free swag from your favorite Texas podcasts, and I hope to see you there. Explicit content is found in this episode. So, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the True Crime Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Lainey. In his mind, their love affair was a modern-day David and Bathsheba. In the Bible, David sent Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, off to the front during a war, so David and Bathsheba could be together. His plan worked. Uriah was killed. David's reputation was spared, and he and Bathsheba were together, with no one else the wiser. If only it had been that easy for Jonathan Hearn and Sabrina Limon. Okay, on to the show. On August 17, 2014, Sean Ware arrived at work at the Burlington Northern Santa Fe, 
also called BNSF Railway Shop in Tehachapi, California, to find the garage door closed, which was odd in the heat of the day. Sean opened the door with a garage door opener and walked in. He stepped on broken glass and noticed the office door was open, also something highly unusual. It appeared to have been ransacked, with drawers opened and papers flung all around. He noticed the refrigerator door was standing open and so too was the bathroom door. Then he saw his co-worker, Robert Limon, propped up against his work truck. Sean talked to him but got no response. Robert had a vacant look on his face, with one eye open and the other half closed. It was then that Sean realized there was a pool of blood under Robert. He called 911 and said his colleague was not responding. At the dispatcher's advice, he attempted CPR, but more blood came out of the wounds. The dispatcher told Sean to leave the building, so he went outside to wait on the emergency responders. An employee from a connecting shop came to check on Sean, who said in a daze, he has two kids. Robert Limon was married to Sabrina Limon. They lived in a subdivision called Silver Lakes in Hellendale, California, about 90 miles from Barstow. Robert did not usually work in Tehachapi, but typically worked in the Barstow yard. On the Sunday of his death, he was filling in for someone who either took a vacation day or called in sick. He had left work in Tehachapi around 5 o'clock that morning. He had left for work in Tehachapi around 5 o'clock that morning, hugging Sabrina before he left. Robert got paid more when he filled in for people like this because he received extra for travel costs. The pair met when they were both teenagers in Arizona. Robert was the youngest of five children and the only boy. He was born in Lake Havasu. He and Sabrina San Millen met in 1999 at a family cookout. She was a daycare worker at the time. Robert's sister, Lydia, knew instantly that Sabrina was Robert's the one. They married on August 19, 2000 in Prescott, Arizona, in a large church wedding. The couple had been married for 14 years and had two children, Robbie, 11, and Leanna, 8, at the time of Robert's death in 2014. Close friends said the two seemed like the perfect couple, calling each other Bear and Pooter. However, apparently in 2008, the couple got bored. They decided to open their marriage and experimented with swinging. Sabrina would later tell a jury, we opened our marriage bed and changed the dynamics of our sacred bond. Robert and Sabrina were close friends with Jason and Kelly Bernatine. Kelly was a hairdresser that met Sabrina while getting her hair done and the two women instantly clicked. It was not long before the two men met and the two couples became a constant foursome. Apparently, the Bernatines were part of the swinging lifestyle as well. Robert and Sabrina took adults-only vacations together, with Robert becoming increasingly obsessed with sex. Sabrina began to grow despondent with the arrangement and felt as if she was just being passed around to other men. In 2012, Sabrina decided to go to work at Costco as a sample girl. She only had to work about 20 hours a week, and it was a good job for her because she was so gregarious. Some people just came into the store to see her and left without purchasing anything. In December of that year, a young man in a fire department shirt stopped to talk to her and said he was there buying supplies for his fire station. 
Soon, the two began texting each other all the time. In 2013, Robert found out about the relationship and he was enraged. He found texts on Sabrina's phone from Jonathan that said, I love you. Jason knew Jonathan because he was also a firefighter and asked Robert if they needed to take care of the problem. Robert said no. Jason thought that that was the end of the affair and the two couples continued to party together. Jonathan Hearn had all of the markings of a superstar on the rise. He had been a volunteer firefighter before turning 18 and in 2008, he was fire chief of the 17th annual Inland Empire Fire Explorer Association Fire Academy held at the Marine Corps Logistic Base Annex in Yermo. This was a year-long post. Jonathan had been lieutenant in 2006 and division chief in 2007. He graduated from Aero Christian High School, a homeschool program. He was also a paramedic at 21, which meant he had worked at becoming a paramedic for a while. Since the regulation mandates, the minimum age is 21 to be a paramedic. Jonathan also co-authored a book titled Firefighter Story, Candor, and Courage. The book delivers first-hand accounts of first responders. Jonathan's biography on the promotional website, which is no longer active, said Hearn places great emphasis on interpersonal development and ethics being the foundation of service, and his greatest moments are those spent with his family and friends. After confronting Sabrina about Jonathan, Robert confronted Jonathan himself and told him to stay away from his wife. Jonathan told Rob he was not aware Sabrina was married and promised to stay away. Jason also confronted Jonathan and warned him to stay away from Sabrina. Soon after this confrontation, however, Jonathan decided to disobey both men and went to Costco to see Sabrina. He got as close to her as one aisle, then saw Rob and their children so Jonathan immediately left the store. After this, he established anonymous Gmail accounts for himself and Sabrina and also purchased her a burner phone. The couple had secret trysts throughout town. At some point, the couple decided Rob would have to go away. A plot was developed to poison Rob. Jonathan purchased arsenic on March 19, 2014, and allegedly fed it to a neighbor's dog, which killed the dog. He did not see the dog after it allegedly died, nor did he witness a death. But after this trial run, Jonathan made banana pudding and mixed arsenic into a small plastic bowl of it. He delivered this bowl to Sabrina, who packed it for Rob's lunch, but then the would-be poisoners backed out and told Rob to throw it away because the bananas had gone bad. Sabrina's attorney, Richard Terry, did not believe the poisoned pudding story because Jonathan could not provide specific details such as viable dates. The dates he did provide were dates Rob would have been at home, making it difficult for Jonathan to come to their home to drop the pudding off. Additionally, the attorney thought it very odd Sabrina would leave poisoned pudding in her refrigerator so her children could have access to it. There were no details of the foil pudding plot found in any of the Gmail accounts. Phone records also revealed there were no calls made on the day Sabrina allegedly called Rob to tell him to throw out the rancid pudding. Jonathan testified in court that Sabrina was extremely unhappy in her marriage. However, to counter this, Richard provided copies of text messages between Robert and Sabrina, 
full of smiley emoticons and exclamation marks. Richard tried to show Jonathan was a master manipulator who told Sabrina what to say to investigators after Robert's death. Jonathan said he only offered her suggestions, but he also gave very long-winded answers. Jonathan stated to the judge and jury Sabrina was the one who convinced him Rob needed to die. He was reserved at first, but overcame that and took care of the killing. He could not pinpoint one moment in time where he overcame his reservations about murdering Rob. Meanwhile, Sabrina expressed her love for him and sent him loving cards. Jonathan said he had tried to end the relationship with Sabrina several times, but she always managed to pull him back in even deeper than before. He said eventually he was fully under her spell. He also said his career as a firefighter had enabled him to detach from the murder. Jonathan admitted under oath he still loved Sabrina, although not romantically. Sabrina felt Rob did not love her because he found out twice about her affair with Jonathan and did nothing to repair the marriage. She did not want to file for divorce because she was afraid it would be messy, and she thought it would be kinder to Robert to kill him than to divorce him. Sabrina asked Jonathan to please take care of Rob before the family's annual river trip in late August, so after the failed pudding plot, Jonathan did reconnaissance on the Tehachapi Railway Shop, noting the surveillance cameras on the front of the building. Jonathan began making preparations first by making a homemade silencer from a flashlight barrel. He drilled end caps to fit the size bullets he would use, then used other materials inside to muffle the noise. Sabrina provided him with Rob's schedule and directions to the shop. She also provided a rough layout of the shop. The morning of Robert Limon's murder, Jonathan finished a 24-hour shift, stopped at Walmart to purchase ammunition, and then went home to disguise his motorcycle by using tape on the gas tank and other key points. Jonathan wore a mask that looked like an old man, a long sleeve shirt, and baggy pants. He testified later he spoke with Rob, and then Rob walked away. Jonathan tried to pull his gun from his backpack, but it got stuck, so he just fired through the bag. He hit Rob, who went down. Jonathan then went over to the office, took a laptop, and ransacked the office to make it appear as though it had been a robbery gone bad. He worried that Rob was not dead, so he walked over and shot Rob again, point blank. After Rob's murder, detectives questioned Sabrina, asking her how their marriage was. Sabrina denied there were any problems and did not mention their swinging lifestyle. On September 8, 2014, Sabrina wrote the following on her Facebook page. Robert showed his love, compassion, hardworking skills, and genuine skills, and genuine kindness to everyone he met. Through this pain and unbelievable tragedy, Rob's love continues on. The detectives began interviewing people within their circle, including Kelly and Jason. Initially, the detectives had no real leads and the murder seemed random. Until one day when Kelly saw a truck at Sabrina's house and asked her about it. Sabrina lied and said it was someone else. Kelly saw the truck the next day, being driven by Jonathan Hearn. Kelly and Jason went to the Kern County Sheriff's Department to express their suspicions to law enforcement. Kelly also gave the license plate number of the truck to the detective. 
Surveillance cameras in the area around the BNSF shop picked up a motorcycle five times, so other cameras were checked. One was found at a pilot travel center, showing the motorcycle pulling up at 6.51 p.m. to one of the tanks. The driver went inside, leaving their dark helmet on, which concealed their face. The driver paid cash for their purchases. No numbers were discernible on the plates. However, with the new information provided by the Bernatines, the lead investigator, Detective Meyer, was able to narrow down the search to vehicles registered to Jonathan Hearn and discovered he owned a motorcycle. This was enough information for Detective Meyer to obtain a wiretap for Jonathan and Sabrina's phones. They also requested the phone records for all phones for Jonathan and Sabrina. There was an unknown, unregistered number on Jonathan's record that had nearly 7,000 communications from April to October. Detectives knew this was a burner phone. Between the 1st of August and the 16th of August in 2014, the day before Robert's murder, there were almost 2,000 text messages alone. There were also 117 multimedia messages like photographs. On the day of Robert's murder, Jonathan and Sabrina spoke for about 80 minutes after Robert had left for work. On August 17, 2014, the day of the killing, Jonathan received texts from 1.26 p.m. to 5.04 p.m. from the unregistered phone. There was a lull in communication between 5.04 p.m. until 6.57 p.m. There were two phone calls at 7.50 and 8.37 p.m., then more texts until around 6.30 a.m. Wiretap warrants are difficult to obtain and just as difficult to conduct. Investigators have to show that a wiretap is vital to the investigation, and any information that could be gleaned from a wiretap cannot be gleaned from any other method. After 10 days, detectives have to get it renewed. Additionally, the wiretap has to be monitored 24 hours a day, and investigators have to determine if the call is pertinent or if it's Aunt Susie calling to give a recipe for great-great-grandma's sour cream cake. Sabrina said something on a phone call to Jonathan that she believed their phone calls were being listened to. Detective Meyer was concerned that someone he was working with was giving her information. At the time, two agencies were working the wiretap, but after this, Detective Meyer decided only his agency would work the tap. Because of this, Detective Meyer had to create a ruse to ease Sabrina and Jonathan's minds. Investigative ruses are controversial. Some people find them to be unethical, but often they are very necessary to move a case along. Canada has a very large operation and very controversial operation referred to as Mr. Big Operations to obtain evidence against suspects. In the States, investigators will often tell small white lies to move an investigation along. In this case, Sabrina told Jonathan that she had heard their lines were tapped. Detective Meyer heard this and knew he would have to come up with something to keep them talking. On the morning of November 10, 2014, Detective Meyer called Sabrina to let her know they had recovered DNA from a sweat stain on the floor. He also asked her to come to the station for an interview on November 12th. He was just trying to rattle her while also trying to calm her fears about a possible wiretap. I'm going to pause the case right here so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Mm-hmm. 
Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On November 17th, 2014, Detective Meyer called Sabrina again and said they had new leads, including a suspect description and a possible name, John. He provided her with the description and it matched Jonathan. Sabrina called Jonathan 10 minutes later and provided him with the information Detective Meyer had given her. The two heard a weird clicking on the line. Then Jonathan said, They might have nothing. They might have everything. On November 18, 2014, as Jonathan was finishing his 24 hour shift, he was arrested at his fire station, charged with the murder of Robert Limon. That same day, Sabrina Limon was in a parent-teacher conference at the elementary school her children attended when police arrived and told her she needed to find someone else to take care of her children because she was being detained and taken in for questioning. She was handcuffed at the school and placed into a patrol car. While on the way to the substation, Sabrina talked to the officer and questioned if she could be arrested for having an affair. When she reached the substation, she was read her rights and answered questions. She eventually asked for an attorney, but continued to answer questions. She was not coerced in any way, even though her attorney claimed she was threatened with having her children taken away. The judge who presided over her cases said he could not find the statement in the transcript of the interviews. Sabrina was released a few days later pending further investigation. After Jonathan's arrest, Investigators searched his home and found four buckets. One bucket contained several bottles, a scale, and petri dishes. The bottles contained arsenic trioxide, copper sulfate, ethylene glycol, and hydrochloric acid. The investigators believed the arsenic was used in the failed poisoning plot. On January 9, 2017, Jonathan Hearn accepted a plea deal in exchange for testifying against Sabrina Limon. Prosecutors dropped the murder charge against him and he was charged with voluntary manslaughter, attempted murder, poisoning, and accessory. He had been placed on leave from the fire department after his arrest on November 18, 2014, 
and was terminated from the fire department on January 20, 2015. Sabrina Limon was arrested on January 6, 2017 in Camarillo by Kern County deputies. She was charged with murder, attempted murder, conspiracy, solicitation to commit murder, poisoning, and accessory charges in connection with the death of her husband, Robert Limon. The trial of Sabrina Limon began on September 11, 2017, after a change of venue request was denied by Judge John R. Brownlee. Judge Brownlee said there was enough jurors in the pool who would not be affected by any publicity. They started 190 potential jurors, 86 of whom were released due to hardship. The 104 left had to take a publicity questionnaire to determine how much they knew about the case and how they were affected. 44 people reported no exposure to the case. 31 said they had some exposure, but it didn't affect them. 16 other jurors reported being impacted by the media coverage to the point they could not be fair and impartial. The last 13 were classified due to legal issues or hardships. Judge Brownlee also allowed cameras in the courtroom so the trial could be live-streamed. During her trial, various people were called to the stand to discuss Robert and Sabrina Limon's marriage and to also discuss Jonathan and Sabrina's relationship. One person called to the stand was Jennifer Lentz in an attempt to demonstrate how duplicitous Jonathan Hearn could be. Jennifer said Jonathan asked her on a date in 2013. Later, he canceled, but they continued to text. She said he was very well-spoken, smart, and he could be very charming. Jennifer said she was married when she first met Jonathan online. Jennifer was allegedly physically similar to Sabrina, tall, thin, and blonde, and when Jonathan first met her, in a troubled marriage. She was also several years older than Jonathan. The two carried on what Jennifer described as an emotional affair until her husband found out and ended it. After she divorced, she contacted Jonathan again, but they only met in person one time. Their online relationship took place at the same time he was also talking to Sabrina. Emily Hearn, Jonathan's sister, also testified. She had been introduced to Sabrina by Jonathan. Emily was not completely aware of his relationship with Sabrina, but she became very close with Sabrina quickly thereafter. After Robert's death, Emily questioned Jonathan about his involvement. He gave no indication he was involved. During the trial, an employee with BNSF Railway, Daniel Flatten, testified he spoke with Sabrina after Robert's death. He said he spoke with her the day after Robert's death and again a few weeks later. He said she was curious about when she would receive the payout from his life insurance. Flatten explained BNSF would pay Robert's funeral expenses, but it would take a while to issue the payout from the life insurance because Robert's death was still being investigated. While testifying, Sabrina claimed she was controlled by Jonathan. The affair lasted from 2012 to 2014. Photographs of her and Robert were shown during the trial. There were only two posted on Facebook that included Robert, and those were dated July 7, 2014. Phone records from that day show Sabrina and Jonathan exchanged 80 texts and had two phone calls, one for 166 minutes and another for 135 minutes. Sabrina said of Jonathan, I trusted him. I felt at the time that, in a way, he was protecting us, protecting me. 
I believed in him and I did believe him because I didn't want to believe that Jonathan had anything to do with Robert's murder. Sabrina denied any knowledge of a murder plot to kill her husband. She also justified lying to investigators about the affair, claiming she did it to protect hers and Robert's name. Part of Jonathan's plea deal was he had to apologize in court to Robert Limon's family. He said, I have wept and struggled searching for adequate words to express my repentance. Saying I am sorry to you all will never be enough. So, speaking on borrowed and undeserved breath, I offer you my broken-hearted and genuine apology, knowing it cannot compare to the grief I caused all of you. To Robert's family and dear friends, I am so sorry. I'm sorry for stealing your brother, your friend, your beloved relative, and taking your joy from you. I'm sorry for stealing and killing and destroying, for my senseless anger, for my blind violence, and for being so dismissive of Robert's marriage and his life. My own choices have destroyed your childhood, devastated your family, complicated and impeded your future, and scarred your precious young souls. I've dismantled your home and severely hurt your hearts. I'm sorry. Later, Jonathan made another statement. The mercy that I've been shown is not lost on me. Even isolation and misery is a generous piece of real estate for someone of my offenses. Your Honor, I consider the profound impact of my decisions, and I realize there are many others whose lives I've affected, and I owe a heartfelt apology to. I hope to get the opportunity to repent to each of these in time. Robert Limon's sister, Chris Wilson, said, there have been tears of sadness, tears of pain, tears of anger followed by the bitter sweetness of justice. The pain and hurt has diminished with the honesty and admission of guilt for Mr. Hearn. He has spoken and testified to the truth and that has brought accountability to all parties involved. Through all of these emotions, I have come to a place of forgiveness of Mr. Hearn. Forgiving is not okaying the actions of Mr. Hearn. I will not forget but I will heal through forgiveness and the justice that has been served. Sabrina Limon was convicted of conspiring to kill her husband, Robert Limon. She was given a sentence of 25 years to life. Sabrina did not show any emotion when the sentence was read. Although Jonathan Hearn was sentenced to serve 25 years, due to a new law regarding youthful offenders under the age of 25, Jonathan was 24 when he killed Robert Limon, so under the new youthful offender law, Jonathan Hearn could be eligible for parole after 14 years. On March 7, 2018, the California Department of Corrections released Sabrina Limon's booking photo. In it, she's seen smiling. She was admitted to the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, where she remains to this day. Okay, fan club members, as I conclude this episode, my one question to you is, how will you sleep tonight? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and positively review the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or your favorite podcast player of choice. You can find us on most social media platforms, Twitter at TCFCPod, Facebook.com slash TCFCPodcast. You can also find us on Instagram, TCFC underscore podcast. And of course, our website is truecrimefanclub.com. If you have an episode request, send us an email, tcfcpod at gmail.com. 
This episode was written and researched by Susie St. James, content editing by Brittany Martinez, produced by the best in the business, Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. And I'm your host, Lainey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.